Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. When you think of the General Motors Tech Center in Warren, you probably imagine 50-plus years of cars, technology, and innovation. But there's one more thing that the Tech Center has become known for, the Peregrine Falcon. What about this Raptor has captured the attention of thousands of people online? Once they get close to their bird, which is their prey, they close their talons and they knock the bird out of the sky, basically knock them senseless. And that duke can be over 200 miles an hour. I'm Brian Fisher, and this is The Daily J. Atop General Motors' Warren Tech Center sits an artificial nest, one meant to attract the peregrine falcon. With cameras providing a 24-7 live feed, the Warren Peregrine Falcon Facebook page has gathered nearly 3,000 followers. Why has one species of bird caught the attention of so many? Well, for one, they're pretty metal. Well, the Peregrine Falcon is just an amazing raptor in, in general. They can fly over 40 miles an hour. They uh, can go into a what we call a stoop, so the way they catch their prey is they go really high up in the air and then they bend their wings back like an airplane basically and they stoop in the sky and once they get close to their bird which is their prey they close their talons and they knock the bird out of the sky basically knock them senseless and that's how they get them and that duke can be over 200 miles an hour. That was Kim Morse Harvey, and she is the nest monitor for the Warren Peregrine Falcons, as well as an engineer for General Motors. As you heard, they dive bomb their prey, usually other birds, reaching speeds of up to 200 miles an hour. That is terrifying, yet so cool. But that's not the only fascinating thing about them. The next voice you will hear will be of Cher Fajardo, and she is a bird department supervisor at the Detroit Zoo. And she says their adaptability helps make them so unique. I think what makes it so interesting and unique is that it's very adaptable. I mean, they're found on every continent but Antarctica. And so they're found in the cold, they're found in the hot, and they can adapt to finding things to eat anywhere. And I also think that because 90% of their diet are other birds, I think other people find that fascinating. While the birds are lethal hunters, they also are very caring for their own. Once they mate, they mate for life. And the males take an active role in chick rearing. Here's Kim again. The male and the female do take turns incubating the eggs. I would say the female does it most of the time, but the male will uh, incubate when she goes off to hunt or to feed or to just to take a little break. He does it a little bit less often. 
the females are a third larger than the males, so they're much wider and their their bodies are more adapted at covering up many eggs. So it's kind of funny to watch the males come in and, you know, if there's a clutch of five eggs or something, watching them try to spread out to get them all, you know, under them and stay warm. So and they also take part in feeding the, the um, chicks after they hatch. You know, the male is usually the sole breadwinner. After the chicks hatch, he'll go out and get the prey, bring it back. And then the female will usually take it from him and feed. But sometimes she'll she'll just say, I've had enough. And she leaves and then he'll he'll feed the chicks too. So they do take an active part in the chick rearing, which is, is really cool. While Warren Tech Center's nest box provides an intimate look at the falcons, this wasn't the original reason for the box being placed there. At one point, the peregrine falcon was an endangered species. During the 1950s, DDT was used to eradicate insects and whatnot on the crop. And that DDT had some pretty negative effects on the peregrine falcon species as a whole. So they had really, a, so the birds would eat the insects and then the insects had the DDT in them. And what happened with the falcons is it caused their, their eggs to be very thin and um, they would break. So the falcon population just diminished crazily. And there was a big effort back in the 1980s to try to bring the falcons back. And they started putting nest boxes on buildings because they like to nest on high places. And um, they were able to get the population to come back. So having known that, Campbell Ewell put this nest box on the top of their building. So that building is 10 floors up. I think there's a mezzanine. So it's probably 12 stories, let's say. The nest boxes have been a factor in the recovered population of this bird. And the Warren nest box itself has seen some mates over the years. So they had put this nest box up and their falcons would come and go, but nobody had stayed. So in 2013, they actually had a pair that nested on the building and them being a marketing company, they really put a lot of effort into showing the birds. There was a camera on it so that they could take pictures. They, they just did a great job in marketing the whole thing. So from the beginning, you know, laying the eggs all the way up through hatching. It wasn't the best season. I think she had laid three eggs. Two had hatched. One of them died. And then the third one actually did take flight. But then she perished not too long afterwards by running into a building. So it was it was a success story in that they were able to repopulate the peregrines, I guess you could say, and then the worn nest became pretty popular at that point. As birds began to visit the nest box, and some even decided to nest there, Kim and her other fellow enthusiasts began the Warren Peregrine Falcon Facebook page. So there's a group of people that we would get together and watch them and, you know, take pictures of them. The DNR got involved. So it was really fun. Um, and then one of the ladies had started a Facebook page so that we could communicate to the community, like, what was going on with the falcons. And some of those people are still involved. Some had moved away. Now I kind of manage the page itself. But ever since that 2013 nest, we've had falcons come and stay and um, lay eggs and hatch chicks and been banded by the DNR. And it's just been a great success story. 
As we already know, Warren doesn't have the only nest box in the country, or even Metro Detroit for that matter. The Detroit Zoo has one as well. In fact, some of the falcons born at the Detroit Zoo went on to reside at the Warren nest box. Here's Cher again. We had a nest box with a camera, live feed camera in our nest box. So that's how we know that they're ours because when they fled early and landed in our parking lot, we took the juveniles to a rehabber and then he banded them. So that's how we know that bird at Warren is one that hatched out on ground here. You know, fat and captivity, pure wild bird. While populations have rebounded nationally so much to no longer be considered endangered, the state of Michigan still categorizes them that way here. So the DNR became involved at the Warren Box to help further ensure their survival. Because they are protected species in Michigan, they are there just to make sure that the the young do survive. And if they do get grounded, then they will intervene. We have a, an excellent person that does our rehabbing for the young peregrines that get on the ground too soon because we don't want to put them back on the tall building. If they think they can fly, they're not going to be able to fly again, and then it could end, end up in something of a disastrous situation. So we take them to a rehabber, and he's a licensed falconer, and he make sure he's working the birds, making sure they're flying, and then he'll bring them back to the location where they you know, may have gotten off the building and then re-release them. So that's how the DNR really got involved. The DNR and other rehabilitators helped ban the birds. But for what purpose? Why do they do that? Well, as it turns out, banding is crucial to knowing where a bird has come from when monitoring the species population and patterns. Here's Cher one last time. It helps us keep track by when the public sees them and then they can, there's a website you can go to, but you can put in the band you see and then someone will contact you and give you the information about that bird because then we record where it was hatched out at if it's a male or female because they peregrines they have this like little um, measuring thing they use and so the width of the leg bone is a, can tell you whether or not it's a male or female and so then they put all that information into a database and then every time you spot a band and you call in and report it they log that so we can track where the bird has been. The peregrine falcon is a fascinating raptor. It's fast and lethal, yet cares for their own. But more importantly, it is a comeback story. A bird nearly wiped out by human action was able to bounce back from the brink once we rectified our mistakes. And thanks to that, we still get to watch the falcon by simply visiting a Facebook page. Thanks to Kim Morse Harvey and Cher Fajardo for lending their expertise to this episode. And as always, this episode wouldn't be possible without WWJ's digital team. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Make sure you don't miss out on new episodes of The Daily J by subscribing using the Odyssey app or get it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Brian Fisher, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.